who doesn't love a walk in nature? Especially in summer, I'd much rather be in the forest than the city, wouldn't you, Amy? Oh, yeah. In fact, did you know that the temperature difference between the two is on average four to five degrees? It can be as much as 10 degrees between the center of a built up area and a rural area within a 30 mile radius. This is called an urban heat island. To understand this phenomenon, let's break it down word by word. We have the word urban, so we know the term relates to cities. The phrase heat island might be harder to wrap your head around. Here, island doesn't mean surrounded by water. It refers to an urban area that is hot with cooler areas around it. An urban heat island is therefore a built up area with a high temperature bordered by rural areas, forests, lakes, etc., where the temperatures are cooler. More concretely, what does the term urban heat island actually mean? And how is this phenomenon driving change in the construction industry? I'm James. And I'm Amy. Together, let's decode the ideas that are shaping the future of sustainable construction. Constructing New Worlds by Saint-Gobain. Behind words, solutions, and innovations for a sustainable future. Temperature differences between built-up and rural areas are something we see all year round. However, the gap is usually wider during heat waves or periods of extreme heat. The phenomenon isn't exactly a recent discovery. In the early 1800s, British meteorologist Luke Howard had already observed significant temperature differences between central London and the city's suburbs. Hmm. How do you think we can explain that? Well, a number of reasons, starting with, of course, the density of cities. But more importantly, cities are high in minerals and low in vegetation. The materials used to construct buildings store heat during the day, especially if they are dark in color, and emit this heat at night, just like a radiator. Oh, it's kind of like wearing black in the sun. Yeah, a mirrored or light-colored surface, for example, reflects rather than stores heat. A dark surface absorbs heat more easily. Built-up areas are unable to cool down, even when night falls, because all the energy absorbed is released into the air. The phenomenon is intensified when the urban layout and by that I mean the distribution, shape, and orientation of the buildings, stops the air from circulating freely. It sounds like our cities need to be better ventilated. So is it fair to say that construction is one of the causes of urban heat islands? Yeah, although human activities in general are a major cause. For instance, during heat waves, air conditioning blows out cool air, but AC also releases hot air outside, making cities hotter. Cars driving around our streets have a similar effect. So what can we do to prevent urban heat islands? Well, just like there are several explanations for urban heat islands, there are several solutions to mitigate them. The first one is to reduce mineral surfaces in cities and include more vegetation. For example, planting trees and installing green walls and rooftops. This helps to regulate the temperature of the air in the built-up areas. Along the same lines, maintaining aquatic spaces like fountains and avoiding covering over ponds and lakes. In wet zones, the process of evapotranspiration cools down the ambient air. Oh, so I guess if we want to change cities, we also need to rethink how we design and construct buildings? Absolutely. That's another and actually very important way to reduce urban heat islands. Solutions to mitigate UHIs need to be included in projects right from the design phase. Yet, another solution is favoring coatings that reflect heat. White or light-colored surfaces, like you said, Amy, 
will stop materials absorbing heat in the first place. This will reduce the radiator effect typical of urban heat islands. Wow. What else can we do? Well, we can also use coatings specifically designed to reflect light, like synthetic membranes or light-colored tiles or gravel. On a larger scale, entire buildings can be redesigned in ways that regulate urban temperatures. One iconic example is the Bosco Verticale complex in Milan, Italy. It's composed of two residential skyscrapers covered in vegetation that keeps the buildings and the air around it cool. Wow, that sounds great. But buildings alone won't fix urban heat islands, right? We have to think on a bigger scale. Yeah, we certainly do. The urban morphology, in other words, a city's spatial form, is also a factor. It's important, for example, to think about good wind circulation to cool the air in a city. Plus, integrate more shaded areas, fountains, and, of course, parks. In this sense, cities like Berlin and Copenhagen are shining examples at the international level, along with Singapore. As we've explained, there are lots of solutions for combating urban heat islands. These range from solutions at the city planning stage to the use of air conditioning. From urban planners and residents to architects, landscape gardeners, and governments, every stakeholder has a part to play in improving quality of life in built-up areas, as well as mitigating the risks caused by extreme heat. Constructing New Worlds by Saint-Gobain. Behind words, solutions, and innovations for a sustainable future. 